All right, welcome back to another issue of the Wolverine.com podcast with Doug Skeen, Michigan's former All Big Ten offensive lineman. Looks like he just finished off a sandwich or something. Just get done with dinner. About an hour ago, yeah. There that you was go. a busy weekend, Ballas. Yeah, I'll bet. Watching a lot of film on Michigan, Indiana. Uh, interesting game that we're going to be breaking down here. So the Big Ten's been interesting. Uh, you know what? It seems to me that you got one team that's kind of separating from the pack. At the same time, you know what? Teams are going to improve. Michigan's going to continue to improve. But let's look back real quick at that Indiana game. And uh, I thought Indiana's strategy was, was sound. Uh, they came out skiing, and they were going to take away the running game. They took some things away on the perimeter. What exactly did you see? Because Jim Harbaugh said, hey, they did that. And uh, they were making us uh, they were making us uncomfortable in there a little bit. We saw in the first half that Blake Corum run, that 50-yarder, was all on him, frankly, yep. I yep. thought. And then after that, there just wasn't uh, wasn't a whole lot of room to move. So what I noticed, Ballas, is schematically, it looked like Indiana had said, we're going to take away that edge. As soon as Michigan shows any kind of flow to a front side, then they're going to they're going to bring that front side linebacker, scrape him off the front side hard. We did not pick up that front linebacker clean. And then their defensive linemen uh, at times were doing a nice job of just knocking us back. And from a defensive end perspective, down to the three technique, from the tackle all the way down over the guard, at times they were getting push. Uh, and we weren't getting any movement at all. We were stuck in our, in our shoes there. Or we were missing the edge of the block. We drifted a little bit wide. Somebody cut inside of us. There was a big play there in the second half where Ronnie Bell um, had – had zero angle. I think it was a third and one play. I, no, it was a fourth and one play. I think Michigan had gone for it. I can't remember. But uh, Ronnie Bell's lined up, and the guy he's trying to block is a full yard and a half to his inside near the offensive line of scrimmage. The ball is snapped, and Ronnie Bell has no chance to make that play. And uh, the kid scrapes right inside and makes a tackle for loss. And uh, we end up you know, giving the ball back or punting. It didn't matter. Is you know short yardage and goal line. You can't have that kind of stuff. So schematically, it looked like Michigan had some things figured out, or Indiana had some things figured out against Michigan to take advantage of some things. But at times, it was just flat out execution. At times, we were just getting beat uh, when it came to the base blocks. And so, um, you know, that's it. That's what I think the reality was. And Indiana was just doing a nice job. And Shane Johnson with his four ninety nine, man, you could have saved your money because we were talking about it already. <laughs> But we appreciate it, man. Uh, Shane, uh, it says, uh, Skeen, the five-time champion. Oh, offensive line, Miss Minnie's diamonds or more. Indiana stacking the box. And with Trente down, I like Barnhart better. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. um, it did seem to me, uh, Skeen, that uh, the more the longer the game went on, the more they started to rely on J.J. McCarthy, which they're going to need to, especially when they're stacking the box like that. At the same time, yeah. I really expected – this offensive line to do more. But one thing Lloyd Carr always used to say is it's not a game of perfect and you aren't going to have everybody's best effort on every game. If you're looking at it. Yeah. There's an excuse of a trap game. You came off the Iowa game. You've got the Penn state game and here's little old Indiana in between there. So it's human nature, right? Even for you big guys. Yes. To, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's so there, the emotional factor, the non-football related stuff ballots. Oh, it's just Indiana. It's just, you know, it's them again. Not that anybody in this roster should forget about Indiana because Indiana has given us fits in the last five to seven years. Really, ever since Jim Harbaugh has been head coach, Indiana has played as tough. And then the emotional issue there with Coach Hart going down on the sideline, I do believe that had an impact on the mentality of those young men out there. When you have a beloved coach, and I absolutely believe these guys love Mike Hart, to see him go down, that's traumatic for a young guy who's never been around that. I know some of his players were emotional, and you go out the, on the field, and you're supposed to 
put a foot down and block somebody and you're wondering if your coach is okay. So I do believe that had something to do with what was going on there in the, in the, and later in the second part of that first half, the second quarter. So I, I no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then I think that evidence is evidenced by what happened in the, in the second half, Michigan seemed to put some things together and the defensive line came alive and absolutely tortured that quarterback. And, um, you know, they got things done offensively, but again, this is what you have to do. You know, you're, you're mid season now and, uh, and defensives have scouted you and they know what to look for out of your formations and tendencies. And if they can, if they can game plan to you and fire through those front side gaps, you have to get better the way you blocked in week one, two, and three, certainly against those opponents, but even how you blocked last week against Iowa is not good enough. You have to continue to get better. And so there was a couple of times where Olawatimi was not getting any push. The play where Trente got hurt at right tackle, he's standing up. He is the defensive guy he's trying to block is underneath his throat, and Trente's at a standstill, which is always a dangerous position for a lineman to be in. Here comes the running back, his side, and the defender goes to grab onto that running back, gets slung around, and falls right into the back of Trente's left knee. It's a really bad deal, um, but that's part of the part of the deals an offensive lineman or tight end um, to stay healthy. Don't be getting you know, stood up in that hole. You got to get people moving. You got to be lower, lower than they are. So, unfortunately, I hope that kid's all right. Um, but, Sounds uh, like a high ankle sprain, is what Jim Harbaugh said. So, yeah, if that's the yeah. best, I, I, I saw that. I said, first of all, thank God the kids wearing knee braces. They all yeah, are. Um, they are now. You know, their ankles are all taped. So, if it's just a sprain, you know, he'll be back in a week or two, probably ready to go. I think Barnhart does a nice job as the second tackle in the game, and I thought he did a nice job in there. Um, but, um, again, execution ballast and, uh, yeah, it may just be Indiana and they came up and punched us right in the mouth in that first half and they play with emotion because their head coach is very emotional. And, and so, you know, Michigan pulled it out and did so in impressive fashion late in that game. I thought that defensive line really was like, oh my God, there's swarm. Yeah. The second half was something else. Uh, 29 yards, I think they held Indiana to, which was fantastic. Yeah. So uh, for those who missed it, Mike Hart passed out on the sideline. Actually, he he collapsed. He fell straight backwards. Uh, pull your thing back a little bit, Skeen. You're, yeah, you're sorry. Something like Darth Vader in there. So sorry about go. that. Is that better? That's, yeah, it's better. So the uh, <laughs> so anyway, so uh, so Mike Hart uh, falls straight backwards. Our Clayton safety was down on the sidelines, and then he was convulsing a little bit on the on the uh, on the sideline. It was scary, and it cast a pall over the the whole stadium. And and yeah. for us too, this is you know what we I remember when he sent me his tape. Uh, you know, we put it online. It probably must have been two thousand four. <laughs> People went crazy. You know, little Michigan Mike Hart. They're like, now that is a highlight tape. But uh, more than that, he's a great guy and just a uh, you know. Everything about him, you know, when he's talking about the running backs last week, Blake Corum being his son and, and Donovan Edwards being like sons to them, you could see those guys balling on the sidelines. So, yeah, when they got back there at halftime and Jim Harbaugh relayed a message from him that he was doing okay, that was a huge relief. And, and you yeah. can see, and you could kind of see it in their play. They came out there and they and they looked a little bit, uh, they yeah. had a little bit more bouts. They were worried, you know, they were wondering, you know, they were wondering if the worst was going to happen to their coach left yeah. on the doggone stretcher. So, I don't, you know, Again, you guys, it's, you know, it's, you get attached and inside that building, you live this and spend so much time with your teammates and your coaches. And some of these relationships get very, very close. And uh, I have no doubt that these young men have that kind of relationship with Coach Hart. And uh, to see that happen probably really freaked him out. And, uh, and so I'm glad he's going to be all right. Yep. Ronnie Bell called it spooky, and uh, yeah. that's exactly what it was. It was worse than that. It was, uh, you know, it was scary. Scary. So, yep. Um, all right, so let's talk about Carson Barnhart because I've been uh, talking about him. They said 
all along. He's like the sixth offensive lineman. In fact, when they had their NIL thing going, they wanted the money split up over six starters, not just five, you know, for the starting offensive line because he was considered one of them. I thought he got in there and I was keeping an eye on him. He had that high ankle sprain earlier in the year. I thought he was getting some push. I thought he brought some energy to that mm-hmm. position and to that line. And I thought they kind of fed on it. I thought he played remember, really well. When he played last year, Ballas, he's always been a guy who's played with a lot of body language, energy, a lot right. of a lot of uh, you know enthusiasm out there, running around and and being athletic. And this is a guy who was pushing pushing for that starting right tackle spot. I you know I I think that coming out of spring and going into the fall, the difference between Trente and Barnhart was was not all that big. I think Trente is a fine right tackle. I like him a lot, uh, but again. This is the luxury of having depth. You know, you and I talked about this back in the darker days of Michigan football. It was like, boy, we barely had a starting five, let alone a sixth, seventh, or eighth. And so here Barnhart steps in. I thought, this kid's got this. He's played a lot of football. He knows the position, and he did a great job. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, do you remember that any of your games where you're out there and you're like, man, this is just uh, it's and I likened it to like a pitcher that doesn't have his good stuff. You know what I mean? And you still have to battle and you have to fight through it or a golfer, you know, who mm-hmm. just doesn't have it working. And you got to find a way to get out of the rough and you scramble to put together a decent, decent round. And that's kind of the way it felt for this Michigan team on Saturday. And you get to that third, fourth quarter and anything can happen. But at the same time, I thought they took control when they needed to. And that defense really stepped up. What were the, some of the adjustments you saw defensively? that made it better in the second half well just to doggone they just turned up the old football intensity meter they right. just turned it up to 11 as they say in in uh, some movies that are you know old for old guys but uh <laughs> you know I, I just that defense turned it on and the defensive line specifically took that game in their own hands and uh, again Oki, that guy's got a spark he's got something going on and morris is just destroying people in there so then you got mozzie in the middle and so uh, the defense took the game and said, "We're gonna, we got this, we got this for you, offense. I see you're struggling a little bit." And uh, so they came out there and did their thing. And then the same thing on the other side, offensively. So how do, how do, what do you do, right? Your question: What do you do when you're in a game and it's like, hey, what is going on here? You know, it's a little clunky. You're not getting first downs. You're getting beat on short yards and goal line. You know, I can only tell you from experience. You come to the sideline and you say, "Okay, if you." If we're staring at the scoreboard and looking at that, that's not the answer. The answer is, what am I going to do when the next play calls? And where's my first foot going? And it's going to go in. And it's going to go in there better. And my second foot's going to go where it belongs. My eyeballs are going to go where they belong. And I'm getting my hands on someone, and I'm going to start killing somebody. And you just kind of restart the enthusiasm and intensity at which you play. But it's all about the basics, Ballas. And I think that's true. You mentioned golf. I think in a lot of sports, when things aren't going well and you've practiced something a thousand times, you know you're good at something. Right. You go back to the basics of what you know you're good at. You focus on those things. So if it's golf, you know, put the place, put, put the face of the club on the ball, Ballas. How many yeah. times you heard me say that, right? Yeah. And so, you know, don't worry about the score. Just worry about the next shot. Don't worry about the score. Worry about the next play. The one thing I would say from watching that football game, and I just shake my head, um, you know, I mentioned the the play where Ronnie Bell got beat across his face. And uh, immediately after the snap, Ronnie Bell, you know, he gives the old hand, the the hand smack thing, you know, it's like, uh, but he turned to the sideline and and I'm wondering if he's saying something to the coaches, you know, at the coaching staff, like I I had no chance at that guy and he didn't have a chance at that guy. This goes back to, as I watched, not just Michigan, but in college football, why can't we do a hard count? Hopefully they take a step and show their cards and then you kill the play at the line of scrimmage, call an audible and give yourself a chance. It just seems like in college football nowadays, there's not nearly enough quarterbacks running an offense. 
with a set of plays and options. Now we all have to stare at the sideline and wait for the coaches to tell us what to do. And then we go in here and we're locked in. Yeah. Well, you come in there and you don't have the luxury of using that cadence and using colors and numbers to change the play at the line of scrimmage. I think that moment and a couple others, I think Michigan would be, you know, and other college football teams that everybody stares at the sideline would be far more better off out there with options instead of being stuck with what the play call is at the sideline. I, I'm not a fan of that. And I think I saw some of that. And it'd be great if we could get out of that because you, you're never going to convince me. Yeah, that the young men playing the game today aren't smart enough to do it because if old dumb dinosaur guys like us did it 20, 30 years ago and we'd go to the line of scrimmage with at least two, at least two, more like four, six, eight or more plays that we could call at any moment at the line of scrimmage and we all knew what was going on. You can't tell me these smart kids today can't do it. Now get off his lawn. Uh, I do want to ask you, how good was Elvis at that? Was it Elvis Gerback who really, yeah. when, he, when he got up there? I mean, by the fifth was, year, he's got to know exactly, you know, what he's seeing, and he could just probably check into a play that he knows is going to work. Absolutely. This yeah. is, you know, we would stand on the sideline, and there's some of the old clips with Coach Moeller, and, and the, you know, there we're talking on the sideline. Hey, we're going to call this play, and if it's not there, Go opposite, call this play, and if that's not there, you don't like it, then look look to see where that defender is or that defender. Look at the defensive line, flip the play, call the play. We had, Ballas, we had colors and numbers mm -hmm. for every play in our offense, and we could run them all at the line of scrimmage. And, and if Elvis didn't know what to do, then, and, and, you know, back in the day when the backup quarterback, Sean Collins, came in there, Steve Everett was making the calls because he'd look at the defense and go, oh, yeah, I like that. And he'd go, whatever, you know, he'd turn around and go, burger, burger, burger or Roger Roger, whatever the code word were, right. you know, code words were. Yeah. And we had a pass run combination, pass run to the right, pass run to the left. So it's a minimum four options. Yeah. And yeah. so um I, I I I just I don't get it. And um yeah. I just frustrates me when I especially when I watch Michigan play because I see those situations. It's like, wait a minute, the guy inside of Ronnie Bell's left shoulder Ronnie Bell has no chance to go in there and, and prevent him from getting in the backfield on this particular play. Yeah. Yet we're here. We're going to snap the ball anyway and just let him do that. Yep. Change the play. You don't have to call timeout. Just change the play. Yeah. Got a text here from Todd in Walpole, Walpole, Massachusetts. Todd saying, where is the love? I am not Sean Collins. I am Todd Collins. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Todd. Yeah, Scrotty. Sorry. His name is Scrotty. That's his nickname. Is that what you called so, him? Yeah, Scrotty. Do we want to know? No, it's just a thing. It's just, you know, his <laughs> accent when he came to okay. us, uh, Todd, it was, uh, you know, it was his New England accent and his yeah. – uh, Great, great teammate and ended yeah. up playing in the NFL for like 15 years. You know, Michigan has had some backup quarterbacks that have had, I mean, quarterbacks in the NFL. Chad Henney's still there. Chad Henney. Todd Collins was there for 15 years. I'm 15 thinking, years. I would do that in a heartbeat. You know, let me tell you something, Ballas. If you if you are a backup quarterback in the NFL for 15 years, there's a yeah. couple things. Number one, you're probably not going to have to work very hard. And number two, your body is in yep. great conditions because you're not getting destroyed out there. Exactly. Yep. The backup, the backup, some people say the backup position in, in the NFL game is one of the best positions there is in all of professional sports. You just yeah, got to be ready to yeah. not screw it up. Get in there. Exactly. Just don't screw it up. Yeah. Todd says, thank you, Skeen, for the correction. Yeah, so, I apologize, yeah. Todd, if you're watching this. Sorry, <laughs> brother. Okay. 
that's okay. It's a long time ago, uh, you know, spring chicken. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, <laughs> the receivers the, the I, I thought JJ McCarthy took a step up. He had a couple passes that, uh, yeah. one Ronnie Bell saved his bacon on one of those throws, took it right away from him. Uh, that was a heck of a play by mm-hmm. Ronnie Bell who had 111 catches for 121 yards. And we still have people on the message board talking about how he's no good, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I'm not my mind. about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blows my mind. And then, uh, well, you know, right again, when you, said coach Carr talks about it's not a game of perfection yeah ronnie bell's out there making plays and trying his tail off and and i can go back and show you the film where ronnie bell had a couple really bad blocking efforts and gave up you know it's like okay but remember now the old victor's club thing ballas the Mm -hmm. goal is to grade out at 80 percent or more right so 20 percent fail rate and you know out of 60 80 snaps You know, you can do the math on that. You know, yep. how many of them are going to be misses like that? And and for a player like Ronnie, who had a great game, it still happens. And look at yep. the number two guy there, uh, Schoonmacher. Schoonmacher, yeah. the same thing. There was, you know, that kid's out there making plays and has done a great job in the absence of Eric Alb. And yet, at times, he was a guy who was whiffing yep. on blocks, getting dudes tackled in the backfield. Yep. It's always a work in progress. It is, and they're going to be down games, guys. That's the way it is. And if you look mm-hmm. at any schedule over any year, you go back to 1997, you look at the Iowa game, there are some games that aren't going to be pretty. They aren't going to be perfect. Michigan State game was 23-7 to that year, and I think it was 16-7 to early in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So even though they they had dominated. so uh, it And it's the same way. It's Alice, not, doesn't doesn't every every top ten team that's undefeated yes. have one of these games? Alabama will point. roll in there. Yes. Uh, 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 Georgia had one what two weeks ago against Missouri. Yes. Oh, yep. it's just Missouri. Let's show up and win the football game. It's right. not how it works. And it, nope. if the right recipe is in the air, and uh, you know you can get in some trouble out there and get your butt beat, but if you have enough talent and you reset yourself before the game ends, you can win these games. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Michigan yeah. Morningstar says when he was gold on receiving his blocking yesterday. Yeesh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. kind of agree with that. He did 100%. not have a very good blocking day. He did. No, not. he didn't. And it's like Jim Harbaugh said, this is a, this is good for us in a way. He said, okay, it keeps us <laughs> humble hearts and everything else. And, uh, Ronnie Bell, best bad player we've got. Yeah. Exactly. He's yeah, a, we got yeah. a lot of those, right? Exactly. <laughs> really oh, good I love bad players. And I love Andrew Anthony finding those holes in the zones. Yeah. I think he does that better than anybody. So I'd like to see a little more of him. Cornelius Johnson with the touchdown, but he's also got yeah. to make that one catch. Boy, coming out of your own end zone there. Uh, Ronnie yeah. Bell saved his bacon, too, with a 14-yarder on third down when yeah. man, he should have had a 20-something-yard gain at least. So you cannot drop those passes against the better teams on the schedule, starting with Penn State skiing. And uh, they had a bye this week. I really don't know what to make of uh, – I know, you know, I'm going to get your opinion on James Franklin here, the used car salesman. But oh, uh, with all due respect to uh, with Hutch, our producer there. so <laughs> he's, he's a camera guy. He is he's definitely a, a camera he's guy. He's a camera guy. Yep. So he, I think he's, he's cut from the same stone as row, the, row your boat guy. But they end up, the you boat know. Guy. Row, yeah, yeah. yeah, row your boat, <laughs> row the boat, whatever it is, Bows. Yeah, you know they're kind of cut from the same cloth. You know, I always say, and you've heard other dudes and some of the former players that you see on various television broadcasts, and they'll say what they're thinking out loud. Anytime your head coach has got to be the one who's way out in front every time the team takes the field, and they're in a camera the guy don't like. And I understand you're always trying to promote your brand, and you're always trying to recruit, and you always want to say the right thing. I just think he's a little bit over the top. I know, yeah. yeah. but Penn State. This year's version of the Penn State Nittany Lions, I think they're quietly laying in the weeds, Ballas, and they're waiting to prove everybody wrong. They got Ohio State and they got us. And starting, you know, this Saturday with with at Michigan, um, I would think that this is the probably the most dangerous game uh, for Michigan. It seems like Penn State has found a way to run the football. And 
they're going to be ready to play. They have football players there, Ballas. And, and so um, the good news is that I don't have any thought, uh, any, any doubt in my mind that um, Michigan's not going to, you know, think this is just Penn State. This is, right. this is not going to be an Indiana uh, game mentality repeat here. This is going to be a big game. Yeah, Mike Ford makes it. Uh, he's right. They've got a, a freshman running back who's really good. Sean Clifford can still move. Yep. You know, uh, I mean, he's 62 years old, but he can still get out of the pocket. So, uh, <laughs> been around forever. Their defense is always solid. Uh, their pass mm-hmm. defense is not, and that's going to be an area in which I think I think you'll see Michigan break tendency a few more times. Uh, somebody made a good point. When they're in motion, uh, is when they're usually running the ball. When they're not in motion. Uh, you know what they it seems to me that they've got analysts there that would be able to catch us and i got to look at it on film oh, to yeah. make sure that it's right but you know what if you're giving if you're telling giving your tells that hey this is run this is pass and yeah. it's that simple you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage oh you think good yeah. grief and this is what every this is what every major you know power five coach has certainly harbaugh has this you have people that just break down and, and they scout you you know you have people on your own staff that scout you yeah. and and if that's the case then then that needs to be fixed and uh, you can say so during the week and you can practice it all you want in the week, um, but you've got to execute on Saturday. You've got to break the tendencies and, or show some different looks, do some things out of this, you know, different formations that uh, are still familiar to the players that, and the things that they have to execute. Yeah. Um, so I saw a little bit, Ballas, I saw a little bit of that zone stuff come back in that football game. Mm-hmm. Michigan got away a little bit from, you know, pulling guys. Yeah. And I think that's one of the adjustments. When you see a defense who's crashing the front side of your play because they're they're playing your tendencies, so now let's zone block them. It doesn't matter what they do. The back's going to find a crease front side. If we're going to the left here, all the way back over to the back side of the right tackle. So, um, you know, that's that's how you adjust to defenses that are playing you. Yeah, Greg Fisher makes you could, put, you could drop Clifford off the Empire State Building and get up and play the next down. <laughs> He's tough, man. The guy takes a beating. It's amazing. Yes. Their fan base, I think part of them, don't they don't appreciate him. Uh, you know, he's not a star. Otherwise, he'd be playing in the NFL at 26 years old or whatever yeah. he is. But you know what? The guy gives his heart and soul to your program, and I love guys like that. So and he's, and, and, and I respect he's, him. He's, 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 you know, he's, he's more than capable of executing an offense. And, um, yes. And a guy with that kind of experience is typically is not have turnover problems. And so, um, you know, I, again, this will be the biggest game of the year for Michigan, no doubt. Yep. And Brad Forney, we're going to get back to your Brian, Brian Cartwright says, what's the impact of losing Trente? Well, your depth goes down, right? You better hope that uh, Carson Barnhart stays healthy because the next man up is going to be maybe a Percy or maybe you move Keegan out to tackle, which we saw. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not ideal. So that's, that is absolutely the right answer. So, you know, Carson was the next tackle in right or left. Right. And now you don't have a next tackle. Now you're moving a guy out of his most familiar spot into one of those other spots. So I think, but it's, you know, let's remove the injury factor. If no one does get hurt, I, you know, I don't think there's a significant drop off between Trente and Barnhart. I think they, that, you know, the different styles, different level of athleticism. I think Trente moves really well. Trente is really good in short yardage and goal line. He Mm -hmm. runs to grind people out of theirs, but I don't have any doubt. Barnhart is more than capable, played a lot of football, battled, battled for the starting role and was, you know, right there. And so here he is. It's, it's his chance now to, uh, perform to the role, uh, perform to the position, right? Perform to the expectation of the position. Expectation is for the position. I yeah. can't tell me any, how many times Michigan coaches have said that to me for a print over there. And, and well, Ballas, you and I used to say, well, we'd, we'd, we'd watch some of these starting guys in there, you know, let's just flashback 10 years ago when oh, things God. were looking pretty dark. We it's like, yeah. yeah, expectation. 
for the position when it's like there's no way this dude's going to be able to pass block this guy you know no. in different games but now because of the depth yeah i don't think there's going to be any problems with uh barnhart at all yeah and i agree with you tommy that i thought he did a nice job stepping in there he was ready to go he did brad forney brought up a point about jj gotta let jj be jj and sling it a little bit more i agree with that now you got to take the shackles off a little bit it was the kate offense in the first half and the second half it's like jim harbaugh said they went off script right uh they started letting him do some things he was scrambling away from pressure and he made some pretty good decisions one bad one you know people had a tendency to some people were blaming ronnie bell on that one for not getting away from the linebacker but it was a bad throw he didn't have enough separation and uh it is what it is you know what mistakes happen it doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback folks obviously so but mistakes happen so mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time uh you're going to need this kid to start performing to that four or five star level here where you you trust him a little bit more to make some of those throws well i think as you see defenses uh going down back to the beginning of the uh uh big 10 season here and what's going on with the opponents really crashing the front side of these plays that we've been running and running successfully when they take that away from you then you you can throw the curveball and do some wide zone stuff that's all fine and great uh, but ultimately that quarterback's going to have to back people off the safeties crept up against iowa the safeties you know, go back to the maryland game they were doing some things against us and then indiana does the same thing finds a way these are blueprints for your future opponents to do the same exact thing and you're right bows jj's gonna have to do some more and he's we all know he's more than capable but when he throws a bad pass every now and then, remember the 80-20 rule. You know, there's, there is no perfect football game for these guys, and he's no exception. He just has the capability, and we have this expectation. Boy, he should just – he should be dropping three or 400 yards per game, and, and he shouldn't miss a ball ever. That's not real. Yeah. Um, and so um, – but, boy, he does some things that are just off the charts good. When, when they roll him out and he can throw the ball on the run, I've – Man, he's really good at that. Man, I'm is he for the waggle, it. man. Where's the waggle? I, I want some I more of that. The old old school waggle, and you know there are so many. The naked boot, do. right? The naked right. bootleg, and right. uh, the. Now I don't want him. Flow. I don't want him turn. Yeah, I don't want him turning his back on anybody and getting. No, just no. And I'll say this, Skeen, that he had a play at the end of that game where they're running him, and he takes he instead of going down, he takes a shot. And I'm like, what are you doing, kid? Get down. I, well, and er, and earlier in the game, he did a slide. Right, right, and then, and then later, late in the game, they're up by two scores. Wants, yeah. dude, yeah. no, 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 get out of bounds. Come on, exactly. no, stop, just yep. stop. You're gonna scare yep. us. Uh, Lamar Sanders asks any news on Roman Wilson's status. Yes, we heard on the sidelines on Saturday that he could have played Saturday if they'd really needed him. Uh, precautionary thing, so we expect him back for Penn State, which is good news. So, uh, thanks for asking that question. Uh, I wanted to talk about the pass protection. I thought the pass protection was outstanding, uh, mm -hmm. as well as poorly as they run blocked at times. And part of that was because uh, obviously they were crowding the box. I thought the pass protection was really good. Yeah, was it was. Right? Uh, I absolutely. I, I don't okay. remember any devastating hits on our quarterback. I you know, did we get, did we give up any sacks at all in that game? No, I'm not, I don't there think was we a pressure did. Or two, yeah. But, uh, yep. So a pressure or two. Now you're, now you're getting dangerously close to the standard, which is no one touches the quarterback ever. Right. And so this, this Michigan offensive line against Indiana did a really nice job keeping him clean. Gives him time back there to, to to make some decisions, find the right guy. And, uh, you know, I think as time moves along here, if that pass protection can stay that good, then you're going to see him getting a little more comfortable and finding some more guys. And uh, it's going to, you know, as fans, we're going to see J.J. doing more what we all think he can do, which is really sling it and fire it around and see the receivers at the second or third level instead of always just the second or first level. 
right? And he did have 300 some yards, folks. So I didn't think they were giving up the deep ball. Um, there were times, again, that guys weren't open. And there were times he missed receivers, too. And again, folks, it's going to happen. Uh, like I've said many times, Drew Henson wasn't Drew Henson until his third year. This kid's playing good football right now, uh, with the exception of a bad throw here or there. So, uh, But I liked it. Um, the defensive line, uh, real quick again on that. I thought the interior guys, uh, Mason Graham, uh, there's a gentleman, uh, Do51 on Twitter, who, who played at Michigan. I think he played with Jim Harbaugh, who puts up these clips every now and then. The way oh, yeah. that Mason Graham uses his hands mm-hmm. uh, to get off blocks is mm-hmm. ahead of anything I've ever seen. Again, at that age, that kid had uh, – he only had like two tackles, I guess. But at the same time, the way he's getting off blocks uh, and the penetration these guys are getting, how much easier does that make it for these edge rushers when that pocket's collapsing like it was? It looks like, like everything was just – Oh, so, you know, again, the advantage for the offensive line is you got three guys typically in the middle to block typically two, unless they bring a third or they loop somebody around. And, but, uh, you know, quarterback is depending on his center and two guards to set the, to set the base of the pocket. So if that is collapsing back into his lap, that is, you want to rattle a quarterback ballast, you'd do that the fastest. If you got pressure off the edge, but a quarterback, consistently feels like he can step up into a pocket and deliver a football. Yeah. You know, quarterbacks can live with that. They don't like it, but they can live with it. But when this, when your center and your guards are in your lap, that freaks them out. Cause now they got to figure out which way am I going to bail out of here? What the heck's going on? I don't have any room to move. And you're looking at, you know, some big old butt cracks coming back right at you and it scares them. And so yeah, again, anybody, yeah. it does, right. There's some big dudes in there. <laughs> <laughs> but you oh, know, again, Credit to, yes, this young man, this Graham kid is, is way ahead of his standard development for his age. Yeah. He's, he's obviously playing at a really high level, super young kid in there. It's unbelievable, really, that he's doing that well. And then when you combine that with Mozzie in there and the middle linebackers running around, Junior Colson, and these dudes coming off the edge again, I you know, I just really like this kid, Oki, coming in there. He's got this spark. And then uh, with Morris – continuing to get better you can see it we talked about it last week after the iowa game yeah. these guys are getting on a roll and they're starting to believe like hey we want everybody to forget about hutch and uh, and ajabo this is our show now and yeah. it's like you know what they're kind of they're kind of getting doing there. some stuff Ballas. Like they it. are yeah yep especially in that second half and tommy duncan asks broom and van bergen we're comparing graham to mike martin can you see that comparison mike had a wrestling background too yes but i think mason is yeah. ahead uh in terms of technique yeah. and fundamentals right now and yeah. and mark martin was an absolute uh, beast from the second he got Be- here well he was the- ballast and, and poor mike played in a garbage defense he did i mean they, that kid yeah. was getting killed and they were leaving him i'll never forget mike uh, i thought wisconsin was going to break him in half because yeah. that stupid rich rod defense uh he was playing the nose and was getting no help zero right. help and they were torturing him in there but he was battling 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 had mike martin been able to play in this defense uh maybe the comparison is a little bit more even but uh yeah. Gra- the graham that's a good comparison because yeah. uh Man, Rob Renus, the... Rob Renus came to mind too. Yeah. Uh, even though you know, and the thing with Mason Graham when they show him on the sidelines, he still looks like he's got some of that baby fat on him. Man, he's not a, he's not by any any means a finished product. You know, Mike Hasn't Martin. It, has has the kid been in, in Ann Arbor for a year yet? Has no, he been? You no, know, because exactly. you know, again, you get on to you know these colleges. Michigan's got this whole nutrition and fitness program for these guys. It's like now it's you know us old yeah. fat guys ballast. It was it was pizza and Subway. That's all we ever ate. And now these yeah. guys have a you know full blown nutritionist and there's yeah. there's you know 
dietary plans and the you know off the charts uh, strength and conditioning opportunities. Wait till this kid gets you know that going a year or two from now. Look out. Yeah. Yeah, and then by the way, the uh, nutrition plan in the press box Saturday was donuts for breakfast, <laughs> they had chocolate chip cookies, they had balance. What kind of were they? Were they like? Were they like orchard? You know, like uh, cinnamon donuts, no, sugar these were, donuts. These were these were fritters, and they were like unbelievable. Even Angelique was eating them, and she's like, oh, normally really? doesn't touch them, and it was just like, you yeah, know, they're there. They're there, they're free, and then you got the pop machine there, and it's just like you get out of there, and your face, you've gained five pounds in your face. You then know? did so, you have hot dogs up there too? They're not no hot, hot dogs, hot dogs. What's it, in the water? The boiling? There's, water? No, there's so there's I, I gotta have a shout out to Neil. Neil okay. up at the yacht club is this this great guy that's up club. at the yes up the yacht club there and uh and and uh this last summer we were talking about a meal or something and and I said something about having hot dogs and he goes, Oh yeah, hot dogs. And I said, What what? He goes, Yeah, hot dogs, right? We're gonna have hot dogs. It's not hot dogs. So I, I told him and I told my wife and kids. For the rest of my life now, I'm going to use the term hot, hot dogs. All right. So well, there it's you go. hot dogs. There you go. There you have it, folks. So it was so they have hot dogs up there for you? They did not. They had chicken sandwiches. <laughs> go figure. So, and it, was, it wasn't Chick-fil-A exactly. Yellow shirt guy. Yellow shirt. <laughs> but good Lord. And then you go out afterwards and you have Mexican. I mean, the road is a killer this time. So you're year. gaining 15 pounds over the yeah, course the of freshman, the season. Yeah, the refreshment 15. Yeah, it's going to be a tough couple mm-hmm. of weeks for me. There it is. Fat guy <laughs> in a little coat. Exactly. So... But we'll get it back. Uh, let's get back on topic here. And um, all right, I, let's talk about. Uh, the, let's ask get off my long guy about the celebration penalties. Because, I hate him. I hate him. Okay, do you hate the celebration or do you hate the penalties? I hate the penalties. Right, but you know, the, so so the, so the Michigan kid does this. You know, is that supposed to be? Oh, you're not allowed to do this. You know, remember when yeah. they said it? Oh, come on, you know, yeah. well, these kids have a little bit of fun. But there's an antidote for all of this. And as much as I hated the penalties, because because Indiana had a cheap one called on them too, mm-hmm. I don't like any of them. But you know what the answer is? Whether you're Tom Allen or whether you're Jim Harbaugh, it doesn't matter. The answer is turn and celebrate with your teammates, and right. you will never get penalized. Right. Never. That's what you so, guys used to do. That's what we we practiced it, Ballas. Right. Yeah, we were forced to do it. Yeah, and so that's that's the answer. If you don't want to get 15 yard penalties because they're going to throw that cheap junk on you, turn and celebrate with your teammates, and you will not get a penalty, and your teammates are going to love it too. Yep, and the refs were awful, but uh, yeah. and there were there were different interpretations of what he was doing. But the crazy part about it, he, he went across like his face mask. Yeah, yeah. There's like kind of like shut up, right? Yeah, like, it was... just shut it. <laughs> <laughs> All the young guys are, are like skiing. You don't really understand what he was doing. I'm not even going to go there because uh, I think I have a feeling I know now. And uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. But uh, they both didn't know what it meant. So, you know, the officials. All right. Well, I, I guess I'm just, you know, old guy. But you want to know what pissed me off is that I'm watching the Notre Dame BYU game later that night. And the Notre Dame linebacker makes a play down by the goal line. And he goes like this right in front of the right in front of the referee. And the guy's looking right at him and there's no penalty uniformity. You know what? If you're going to call it, call it. If you're not, then don't. But don't leave it up to some guy that may have had a bad night or something yeah. like that or a bad date, you know? Yeah. So. Now, we can agree that those calls were bad, and we can yep. we can argue about the uh, the officiating crew. I saw something Saturday that I didn't think was ever called in college football. Okay. Offensive pass interference on the pick play down yes. there where Indiana scored. Yep. And they came back, and they took it off the, took it off the board. They dropped the penalty flag. And, like, good for you guys because – as we all know in college football, that usually does not get called. And so maybe, just maybe, 
the, the officiating crews are coming around to this stuff because it is so pervasive in college football, the pick routes. But that one was blatant, and, yeah, they got it right. And they said if you throw it, I guess, behind the line of scrimmage, it's not a penalty. So they had to well, make if, sure. If, no, if, if the receiver is behind the right. line of scrimmage. Right. So in exactly. that play, the receiver was yep. beyond, and exactly. the block had already happened, and the ball yep. was still in his hands. Right. Most of the time, that doesn't get called. Even as, nope. even as egregious as that one was, it doesn't get called, but they got it. Yep. Yep, they did. And it was actually they were lining up for the extra point when they threw the flag. So yeah. to come back and get it right. You know what? I don't care if it's late. Just get the call right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they did. So give them credit for that. Uh, even the even the kicking game was off on Saturday. Um, you know what? Quentin Johnson, poor Quentin Johnson's had two weeks in a row now where he got called for a block in the back where he wasn't even touching the guy <laughs> where his hands are up and he's like approaching him with his chest. You know what? And it negated like a 25 or 30 yard return. That was a phantom call. And that's two weeks in a row. But then yep. you had the, the block kick. Did you see what happened on the Black field goal? Did the line get pushed back, or was it just yeah. a low kick? It was a leaker between in okay. the a gap. That's all there okay. was. They, so okay. you gotta when you do the PAT and field goal deal. If you're the left guard, nothing comes between you and the left hip of your center. You have to close that gap, and you have to hold your ground. Yeah. So you know you step inside, you plant that foot, and you drop that left shoulder, and then the guy over your left shoulder is going to do the same thing. And everybody does that. You know, you just close off every gap right down the middle of the line. And on that particular play, somebody got underneath our shoulder pad, got a little room, and the dude got his hand up. Yeah. And then on the other end of the field, you know, Mar- Morris did the same thing. Yep, he sure did, and made up for it. Two short kicks that uh, that ended up not going through. I had already written it in my game story too. You know, oh, Michigan mm. took a ten-seven lead or whatever. <laughs> so, um, Penn State, are you disappointed that you never got to play him back in the day, nineteen ninety-three? Do you remember watching that game, or were you busy? Oh, playing? I, I, oh, I remember that game. Yeah. That was a big win for Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were in the midst of that. And, uh, of course, my buddy Todd Rucci, who is a Penn State graduate, very close friend of mine. I love him very much. Um, But uh, there's been some chatter over the years with some bets, Ballas, and some some losing license plates on the other guy's car over the years. So I was dialed in back in the 90s when that happened. That was a big victory going out there and beating them. I wish we would have played. Of course we wish we would have played them. We would have loved to have had a chance to go out there and shut that stadium down because we shut every other stadium down with the exception of one. (laughs) Which one was that? I don't want to talk about it. should have i mean the way you guys dominated those two games and and didn't have anything to show for it, it was notre dame and that's why doug is scarred i don't want to so, talk about it yeah that's why he's no longer catholic i believe <laughs> so all right that's not true um but yeah that was a you guys were both playing for the patriots 1993 the big goal line stand they were coming off a game michigan was in which they lost to michigan state 17 to 7 and showed no life i don't think anybody gave many any chance to go up there and tyrone wheatley went absolutely nuts they get a hundred. No, that was, uh, was the hit in that same game, Ballast? Uh, that was hit? 90, no, that was 97. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. David that one. Taylor. All right. Good, but, good grief. but when you, when you talk about, when you talk about Penn state and you see this team, uh, it's clear that the Penn state of then and the Michigan of then, uh, you know, those programs as every, anything, they evolve and they go different directions, but you can still see the pride, the program pride. And I'm sure Rucci oh, yeah. still has it the way that you have it. And that's why yeah. I would expect Penn state to come in here and give their best game. Yeah, you're not. I don't think you're going to have any issues there with with this not being a big, big, big game. A lot of juice with this one here coming in. So, a lot of a lot of proud guys played at Penn State for sure throughout the decades, and uh, Todd is one of them. Um, but the current version of Penn State, again, uh, you, we can say we can joke around about their head coach and, and you know his love for the television camera. That's who cares about that. That's just my opinion. But the yeah. players on the field. These guys are playing hard. They have the same aspirations as, and dreams as any other kid in the Big Ten right now. 
and they're looking down the barrel of an opportunity to take a step toward a Big Ten championship. And so uh, this one's got all the makings of a big one here, Ballas, and it's going to be so. And they're capable, too, fully capable. And so Michigan had better be ready to play. Yeah, our our producer Hutch is offended. He wears a James Franklin pin to every game, I guess, <laughs> kind of like the parents. But uh, Hutch, uh, you know what? We're going to get your we're going to get your opinion on staff picks later in the week too, Hutch, because I'm anxious to hear what you have to say. What about bye weeks? Uh, Penn State's got a bye week going into this game. Uh, for you, would you rather have a bye week? Uh, and, and it looks to me like these guys need it. It looks like this would be a. a I mean, uh, this Michigan yeah. team coming up but they got one more to go but uh, for you going into a game like this would you rather have a bye and, and another week to think about it well Ballas, like- I, I don't know what the itinerary is for mm-hmm. for jim's program with the way they're running it now i can tell you that when we had bye weeks with the, the practice week when we were off was the same okay we'd, we'd, we'd install we'd install the game plan you'd have your regular practice schedule regular workout schedule etc etc except on saturday you have the day off you get to go home and you know hang out with your friends and watch everybody else play that day it was a great thing and then you're back into it on sunday so the bye week is really only just one day okay and so if, if i'm assuming it's the same thing or somewhere close to the same thing the guys that are hurt a little injured you get some extra time to get down to the the, the building get some treatment and you get to you know extra time to do some studying so there is some advantages there for the team that has the bye week i don't know that it's as much as people like to think um having gone through it you know bye weeks were okay we got that day off but you know we didn't mind playing back to back either because you know, any team that's chasing a, a trophy, you're eager to get back on the field and get out there because in your mind, you you know, if you graded out well in the previous week, you still had, you know, some areas that you had to work on. And you want to get out there and prove that you can get better. And so, you know, not just, you know, for your own grade sheet, but to, you know, make sure your teammates know that they can count on you yeah. and go out there and execute. So I, I don't read too much into bye weeks or non-bye weeks. So. I think we'll be ready to go. Both teams will be ready to go. I saw a big Michigan lineman uh, limping into Schimbeckler Hall last week. How, it's all bumps and bruises this time of year, right? I mean, there's nobody that's mm-hmm. 100%. How, nope. how, how, how tough is that to, to fight through that? Well, it's it depends on how severe the injury is, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super, super, exactly. yeah, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it, you know, you have soreness, right? Your muscles are sore. Your back is sore. Maybe you took maybe you took an elbow or a knee to the thigh. Those hurt a lot. But as long as you don't have any severe orthopedic issues, right, in your neck, shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, arms, you know, wrists, you just play, Ballast. You just fight through it and you play. Every every guy in America is doing this right now at these levels, at the higher levels, and even the high school kids are battling through it. The difference now, the one major difference now is – the observations for player health uh, has never been greater. And so the medical staffs across the country are, are far more disciplined in keeping guys off the field. So, um, you know, players have to be aware of that and, and be smart. So um, they got to take care of themselves. But again, you know, I, I think with the, you know, over the course of time with focus and energy, the nutrition program that these guys have at their disposal, I think that helps getting the proper rest, all the things that, you know, you talk about as these, you know, unbelievable athletes in the prime of their lives. And so the goes, those guys who take the best advantage of that are, are going to be ready. They're going to be fine, you yeah. know, so they'll be ready to go. That's what I figured. So last thing we have people asking on the message boards. Okay. You talked about installs during a bye week. Are, are there aspects to this offense that you're going to see evolve continuing throughout the year? Were there things that you didn't show that you brought out in big games and, and how often was it? Or is it just the basics and you guys are going to do what you do best and here we come? 
Well, there's always the basics, and in, in the Har the Harbaugh offense here is in just like the defense. It's not going to fundamentally change. You're still going to have the basics. We talk about this often: the gap down, man blocking. You're going to refine those things and get better at them. Maybe maybe you prepared a little more zone blocking if you're an offensive lineman, and then you're always working on your pass protection. So, but the difference is is what kind of formations and different things are we throwing in there to run off of our familiar looks. Are we changing some routes that maybe we haven't shown before? Maybe, you know, as an offensive lineman, uh, you, maybe you throw a trap play in there as a, as a change-up that we haven't seen a little bit. I did see Ola Watimi pull last week against Indiana. I haven't, known, I haven't noticed a lot of center pulling this year. And so there'll be, let's just say, you know, there might be 20%, 30% of some change-ups you can do. But the basics, you know, 60, 70% or more of your offense and your defense is going to stay the same. You just have to be able to execute. And then uh, when you do get a curveball thrown in there, you got to really do well on that one, too, to keep a defense guessing. Yeah. We'll ask for your staff pick later in the week, obviously, at Wolverine.com. How do you see this game going? Well, I think it's going to be tighter than people think. I think this is going to be uh, a great opportunity to, for Michigan to show some grit against a, what I believe to be the best opponent they're going to have. On the schedule so far, it's no disrespect to Iowa, but I was somewhat underwhelmed with the vaunted Iowa defense ballast, as I, you know, as I said now, two weeks later. Um, I think Michigan's going to win this football game, but this is not going to be a walk away. No, I don't think so either. I think they always play them tough and mm -hmm. uh, I think they're physical. They've got athletes to, to match Michigan's uh, athletes as well. But uh, I like Michigan in, one, in this one, too. So we'll talk about that later in the week. Skeen, as always, I appreciate it. Leave you for your chicken sandwich and your Snickers bar. I did have a Snickers bar at the hotel as well yesterday because I was on the road and it doesn't wow. count. Man, calories calories don't count on it, Malice. Yeah, calories donuts, don't count on the road. Yeah. Donuts. Yes. And hot dogs and chicken Coke. wings and a Coca-Cola and yeah. a Snickers bar. Bad. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to eat Maybe all. you need to go spend some time over at Schumbecker Hall and get on I the do. nutrition program. Without. And probably I'm going to reach down and grab my fat belly. <laughs> I know I do too. So, <laughs> Well, you guys used to eat two pizzas or something. Wasn't that how you put on weight back in the day? Well, yeah. 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 Some of us didn't have a problem putting on weight ballast. Right. Some of us had a problem getting weight off. It was Everett that had the problem. And he would you know, yeah. eat two pizzas at, before dinner time just try to, try to get up. But uh, yeah, that We're was the famous. That was the era of ordering pizza from Cottage Inn uncut, right? Yeah. You ever have anybody do that, Ballas? No, and then fold it over. Oh, yeah, and you just take it out of the box and fold it in half and eat the whole thing like a taco, you know? No, I've never done that. That's a fat <laughs> guy move right there. It sure sounds great to me. So, he's Doug Skeen, Michigan's former Big Ten offensive lineman, five-time Big Ten champion. Skeen, I appreciate you as always. We will do it again next week. All right, go blue. Thanks.